From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged email edition for October 23rd, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week at the table by my partner, Walter Eccles, and good friends, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Will Perry and Teresa Eccles are back in the peanut gallery, just enjoying the show from afar. <laughs> um, we... Uh, we have a, a, some voicemails and emails to play for you this week, just to go through the regular spiel. If you'd like to send us an email, it's podcast at wdwinfo.com. Voicemails, toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 877-310-9662. If we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you will get your choice of a Diz Unplugged t-shirt or pin and lanyard. And every month we select one lucky listener at random from all the emails and voicemails we put on the show and that person gets to pick a number on the prize matron the prize matron contains all sorts of fun things everything from a 25 dollar gift certificate all the way up to a podcast cruise the coveted podcast cruise for which we have quite a nice group uh joining us i think we're up to 290 people now yep wow. yep that's nice and uh we uh we really got a we really got to uh, start announcing some of our plans for what we're doing on the cruise. Not just watch John eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed there's a whole uh, drinking event now planned uh, on, the, on the podcast board. Uh, there is a drinking event about. planned everywhere. <laughs> well, they have one planned for the podcast cruise. What is it? Oh, just, uh, you know, I guess going around and doing wine tastings. and. Well, they, the things they offer on the ship. They have martini tastings, wine tastings, beer tastings. Right. Yeah. And then Corey wants to do his own little thing. Well, have bar, one bar have tours. one for me, people. Have deck one for to me. deck with Corey. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, we're going to uh, get right into it this week. First up, we have Dave from Paramus, New Jersey, who has a question for us regarding travel and the economy. Here's Dave. As soon as I have the right back. There we go. Hey, guys. This is uh, Dave from Paramus, New Jersey, with a quick question. With the economy taking such a hit lately, uh, how are things looking with uh, travel down to Florida? Uh, do you think we'll be seeing some good prices on uh, Disney travel into 2009? Also, uh, notice the price of oil is dropping. Uh, how do airfares look, and uh, how will the current economy affect travel in 2009? Will it create some more opportunity? Just wondering on your opinion on that. Uh, thanks, guys. Well, thanks very much for that, Dave. Uh, actually, uh, it was funny. I was just listening to something on the news this morning uh, regarding this, that, uh, yeah, airfare prices are starting to get more flexible as a result of the, uh, of, of the downturn in the price of oil. However, um, because of the economy, fewer people are flying anyway. So I think that's going to force prices down even lower. What they were suggesting on the news today is if you plan on traveling over the holidays, book it now. Book it now. I'm taking a look at, uh, you know, as I mentioned in the last show, I'm going to be out in Minneapolis uh, for a few months. I'll be flying back and forth over Thanksgiving and Christmas. And uh, I'll tell you, the prices, uh, the prices coming back for Christmas weren't as bad as I expected. I expected to pay about nine or nine hundred or a thousand dollars round trip, and I'm seeing it for about four or five hundred dollars round trip, which isn't too bad. Normally, it's about three hundred. It's what I've been paying uh, to go back and forth to Minneapolis. So. Uh, it's it's not too bad, but they're saying book it now if you're planning on traveling over the at least over the holiday period. Uh, I would say for you know going as far forward as March or April, uh, if you're planning on on traveling down here or anywhere for that matter by by plane, I would certainly do that. Uh, book that as soon as possible. Lock in the prices while you can. Um, I strongly recommend FairCompare.com uh, for checking the the prices. They really do a great job of checking multiple. Uh, airlines, and you can drill down and see what the price is on different dates. I know you haven't... I'm sorry, that was louder than I thought I was going to be. I know you haven't been keeping up with what's been going on on the boards because you haven't been able to, but people are using our tips 
for airfare and finding that if they monitor their airfare, they're being able to find lower prices yeah. and they're getting credit back. So they are taking our well, advice. Yeah, we have the uh, we have the article that I wrote a few months ago on the site, how to beat the high cost of airfare, which I'm really happy um, that a lot of people are getting something from that. Um, just sharing, you know, I was just sharing what I use, the tools I use and how they've worked for me. And uh, they've really helped, especially as I'm, you know, having to book four or five flights over the next three months going back and coming back and forth from uh, from Minneapolis. So now in terms of Disney and uh, the price of travel with the economy, that remains to be seen. Uh, it really what, it, what it's going to come down to is the credit crunch. If the government bailout is successful in freeing up enough money within the banking system for banks to start lending to each other, then uh, the credit crunch is not going to trickle down as badly onto us. Uh, if that doesn't work, if the economy keeps doing what it's doing, if the foreign markets in particular keep faltering the way they are, it's going to be very, very difficult for businesses to get loans, which is going to put people out of work. It's going to be difficult for individuals to get loans for houses, cars, things like that. That's going to put people out of work. Uh, they're talking about the unemployment rate possibly going as high as 10% before this is over, which would be absolutely extraordinary. Um, if that stuff materializes, if, if that starts to happen, uh, yes, Disney has learned their lesson, as I mentioned in my rant in the last show. Disney has learned their lesson after 9-11 that they can no longer stand on the old principle of uh, rate integrity is what it's called in the industry, which means you don't discount your product because then people will always, ex always expect to get that price or will always feel that's all it's worth. And uh, Disney did have to learn after, it took them a while, it took them over a year after 9-11 to say, okay, well, we have to do something. So we've noticed that in uh, recent years, they have been much more responsive during slow periods where they're expecting uh, lower than anticipated uh, visitors to the parks and the hotels. So yeah, there will be, but it all depends on how the economy uh, how bad this gets right now most of this because I'll tell you from the dreams unlimited travel standpoint while I'm not going to uh, share numbers we're having we had an amazing year last year it was the best year we ever had and it's doing even better this year that's the reason we're able to give away all the damn prizes we give away I mean believe me if we were hitting rough patches we would not be able to do this but uh, I mean it has not impacted our end of the business and from what we've heard behind the scenes at Disney, it isn't impacting Disney right now either. I'm expecting to start seeing it hit in 2009. I don't think it's going to hit yet. I think it's going to start hitting around the summer of 2009 is where if we're going to see it, we're going to see it then. So it remains to be seen. But yes, I do think that if the economy does have the impact that we think it's going to have, that you will see some extraordinary deals uh, being offered by yeah, Disney. There's a there's a brand new discount out um right now for travel room only discount for travel in november into the december of this year um excludes the, the major holidays and things like that however we're finding that that uh this rate is no better and is actually worse than a previous discount that was released so it's kind of like they're trying to get those those new people in and offer it just a little bit too high so anybody can't change their current reservation. Mm -hmm. So they might be starting to see a little bit of slowdown from now until the end of the year. To go back to what you said originally, one of the things we're seeing in real time right now, though, with the credit, is people's credit um, availability on credit cards is being cut back. That's right. I was going to mention that as well. People yeah. are saying, oh, you know, I used to have a certain amount of limit. Now that's being cut back. And the other thing I see is, I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, I'm getting far fewer of those offers for credit cards. Oh, yeah. They've, they've cut back a lot on those. I used to get them every day. And I now, get the political campaigns instead. Do you? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, yeah, well, I made the mistake of donating. Um, yeah, the political ones are coming in like mad. But, yeah, since you mentioned that, I do realize that we're not getting as many credit card things That's in the because mail, which I I'm happy. I, I don't give them to you. I tear them up. In the <laughs> well, good. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see them. You can't fill them out. <laughs> it's but, also going to be important this year that no matter what your political affiliation, that you go out and you vote. Correct. Oh, absolutely. You have to have an impact on the system. No matter don't who you get, anyone else. no matter who you support, you must go out and vote. I think the other thing that's not being said is that no matter who wins we kind of have to be supportive 
of the incoming president in order to make a success of whatever plan they have. Because it's going to be such a mess. I don't know who would want that job. I don't right know. now, yeah. I, I wouldn't want that yeah. job. It's such a mess. But anyway, I think the biggest impact you're going to see on people traveling is people if their personal credit is cut back. Yeah. And then that impacts well, that's what, what I meant. Yeah, that's divide. what I meant by the credit crunch. If that right. actually trickles down from Wall Street to Main Street, the way they're saying it might. But hopefully the bailout package... If the bailout package stimulates the, the lending between banks, uh, then that won't happen. The banks will be lending to each other at a good rate, which will free up money to be lo- to loan to regular people. So let's hope. Let's hope that, that it does work. But right now they're saying, there's a lot of economists saying they don't think it will. Mm-hmm. And again, I guess you're, I think you're right. I don't think Disney's seeing the, the pinch just yet. They're probably trying to fill some empty hotel rooms with these codes but they're not, they're not that aggressive. I mean, we're not seeing another free dining. Court. Yeah, well, I'm, that's what I was just going to say, that if you see free dining show up in May, you know the stuff is hitting the fan and that Disney's hurting. It's nice to see gas prices going down. It really helps the drive market. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, uh, the prices are going down, but the demand is not going up. Yeah. People are, people are just cutting back on all of that, and it's understandable. I mean, you hear all this new, stuff on the news, you're like, I don't want to spend money. Except me. I'm, I'm single-handedly keeping the economy going. And as John was saying, I was in Washington helping them figure out how to spend $700 billion. Um, but thanks for, that, uh, thanks for that, Dave. Who has an email they would like to read? I do. Mr. Kevin Close. Mine is from Kevin from Massachusetts. No, it's not. It is. You're lying. Kevin says, I heard a commercial that mentioned Disney's Mona Lisa Hotel. I know it's located in Celebration, and I was hoping you could answer a few questions regarding this hotel. Mona Lisa? How come I have never heard this hotel mentioned on the Diz boards or Disney websites? Is this a Disney-operated hotel or just on Disney property? Has anyone on the podcast team visited or stayed there? Any information would be appreciated. First of all, Dave, or Kevin, excuse me, I don't think it's a Disney hotel. It's not. I think you might have misheard that it's near Disney. It is right on Highway 192 at Celebration. Celebration is no longer a Disney property. Disney sold their interest in it. And I have a funny story to tell you. I consider John to be one of the smartest people I know. He just amazes me all the time with his insight and his ability to see through the worst of problems. Agreed. We're driving down the street one day, and he looks at the sign, and he says, who would name their hotel the Mona Lisa? I almost went off the road. (laughs) (laughs) I said to him, what? He said, who would name a hotel the Mona Lisa? I said, "Read read it again. And all of a sudden, he says, oh, Never mind. Go the other way. <laughs> so from now on, it's always been called the Mona Lisa. The too. Mona Lisa Hotel. When did they name it? That when did they, they start calling it that? That was never. That yeah. wasn't the original name of the, it. The pre even in pre construction, it was, was it? the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Now you have to understand. This is a hotel right out on right out in front of Celebration, um, facing one ninety two. It kind of is shaped like a question mark. And from weird. what I understand, it's going to be an ownership hotel where you can purchase the room and then rent it out as a private. Um, villa type of thing. Interesting. It's an all sweet property as far as I understand. I looked into these for Dreams Villas. I thought, well, they might be an interesting thing. They were ridiculously overpriced. What were they charging? For a one bedroom, it was 475 That's a different oh, hotel. That was the icon that oh, never that came icon. to fruition. Right, you're right, you're right, you're right. They canceled that. This is a different thing altogether. But, Kevin, I really, I haven't heard it's a Disney property. It's not on Disney property. It's pretty close to Disney property. I mean, you're right there. And Celebration's gorgeous, so. It's not in Celebration. It's really on 192 in front of Celebration. Oh, okay. And it's really funny because it really... I'll show you how long it's been since I've been down there. It's shaped like a question mark, but the top of the question mark that's hooked around, they've put another cylindrical building in the middle so that if you have a view out your window, it's like you look right into someone else's window. It's the weirdest design I've ever seen of any hotel. Also, as far as we know, it's not open and operational as of yet. And But I haven't been by there in probably two or three weeks. So next time we go by, we'll make another report. Okay. Great. Well, thank you for that, Kevin. Thank you for the email, Kevin. Who else? I do. Mrs. Martin. This is from... An unnamed Martin... Fetus child. That's my fa- <laughs> my favorite Martin. Well, all of uh, our most of our friends call him Martin Martin. Martin Martin. He's not named. 
Yeah, that, you should name him Martin. Just to torture the child. Okay, this is from David. He's in Ridley Park, Pennsylvania. And he has a review of the All-Star movies. He stayed there from September 24th through October 1st this year. First of all, I must say that mousekeeping was excellent during our stay. Actually, every cast member we ran into that week was great. We had a grand gathering consisting of 18 guests. We all checked into our rooms, and immediately I realized that someone had smoked in our room for at least a few days. It was repulsive. The others in our party came in and immediately noticed as well. We even had a smoker from our group who came in, and she couldn't even stand it. There was a card in the room indicating that the carpets had just been shampooed. I called housekeeping, and they said they would bring an air purifier. I really wanted to stay in this room, since I was right in the middle of the other rooms in our party. However, it was just too much. The bedspreads and curtains were also saturated with smoke. I went down and had my room changed. The best they could do was a room on the other side of the building. Our new room smelled much better, but it had a toilet that ran, a tub faucet that dripped constantly. Which hotel was this? This is All-Star Movies. Mm. And the bathroom fan did not work. There was no key for the safe, and the AC didn't cool very well. We have stayed at movies several times. This is the first time we have run into any problems. I guess the most disturbing thing is that someone or several people in the first room were there to clean it, shampoo the rugs, deliver the luggage, and not one of them alerted a supervisor that the room had been smoked in. I thought there were significant fines for smoking in the resort. I think that movies is in desperate need of a renovation, and until that happens, if anyone is planning on staying at the All-Stars, I would go with music. They were recently renovated, and the looms... The looms. The rooms look great. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Wow. I just thought that people might want to know. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Mrs. Martin. I just want to say, I think movies is one of the uh, most requested of the all-stars that we get. People like the iconology of that hotel. That hotel, I think, sees a lot more than the other two. I would tend to agree. I think it has the best, best food popular. court. The best food court, too. Is that so, all the same? This one's nicer. No, no, no. They don't share the same food court. No, no. I'm, I know they don't share the same food court, but I thought the uh, the design and elements in all the food courts were the same in the, at the All Stars. No. But I could be wrong. So that could explain why these rooms are in need of more repair than the other two. Yeah, that's true. But I, I'm in agreement with him, though. If people were smoking in the room, you'd think that some of the housekeeping or someone would have noticed. It's so tough because you think people would go above and beyond and. Just make that unless they know. actually catch you smoking in the room, unless housekeeping actually sees an ashtray with a, ci- a, a cigarette in the room they or something like anything. that, yeah. it's your. It, how can how can you prove it? You can't yeah. find somebody for something you can't prove, because then then you've got a whole other issue. So it, it's very difficult. It's very very difficult. I mean, it's even more strict out in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't even want you smoking on your balconies in the Disney hotels out in California because if you're even because it's a. I think the fine was what two hundred and fifty dollars. If you're caught smoking in your room, but you could also get fined that for smoking on your balcony. If somebody else's door balcony door is open, and your smoke goes into their room, if they complain. Yeah, you and they complain. You can get nailed with a fine. So it's uh, you know, but it's it's like I said, it's very it's very tough to prove, very tough to prove, very tough to enforce. But you know, absolutely complained about it though. I hope they did. So, all right. Well, thank you very much for that, Julie. Our next voicemail comes from Erica in Maine with a follow-up to a previous voicemail. Apparently, you were making fun of her for her audio quality. Is she the one who had oh, the yeah, head? Had she the was one. too loud? <laughs> she, no, she's the one that buzzed <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> okay, well, Erica, Erica wants, to, uh, wants to vindicate herself. So here is here's Erica. Hi, podcast crew. It's Erica from Maine, three Disney kids on the board, calling again, uh, because since last week you completely tooled on me for <laughs> having my microphone levels too high and almost blowing up the podcast studio, I figure I had to call back and redeem myself a little bit and show you that I have learned how to set my microphone levels and I have mastered audacity. To add insult to injury, we actually have, I shouldn't even admit this, we actually have a sound recording studio here in our house because my husband does a lot of sound engineering and I do a lot of podcasting myself for work. Erica, what are you doing to your mic? (laughs) (laughs) You sound wonderful, but now all of a sudden we got got this going on. I I blame Will. It's his tutorials that are... (laughs) Really, Will, what are you doing? While you're talking, shake the microphone as hard as possible. Yeah. Oh, 
So it's really embarrassing that I did that. And um, needless to say, I won't be sharing last week's email episode with my husband because I would never <laughs> this hear the end either. of it from him, from um, blowing my mic levels so high. But just on a quick note, um, when you use Audacity, particularly for the first time, it automatically defaults to setting your microphone recording levels all the way up to the max. I wasn't aware of that, and that's one of the Does it default to moving your microphone around while you're talking? <laughs> Poor Erica. I'm sorry, Erica. <laughs> Eric is going to start listening to the Ford podcast. Yeah, we're <laughs> The reasons that happened. So other people who are using Audacity for the first time. Oh, you're killing me, lady. <laughs> you're killing me. Make sure that you check that microphone recording level so that we don't all end up blowing up the podcast studio. Um, I do have an actual reason for my message today, too, other than um, trying to redeem myself. I just wanted to verify several of the things that Kevin and other members of the team continue to say. We are heading down to Disney World next week, and we had to plan this trip really quickly at about seven weeks out. And two things happened that were a really nice surprise for us. First, we were able to book Boardwalk Villas as DVC members seven weeks out during Food and Wine Festival. One of the things that is a common thread on the boards, on the DVC boards, is that it is impossible to get Beach Club, Boardwalk, Villas at Wilderness Lodge close to your travel dates because there are so many new DVC members from Saratoga Springs and now Animal Kingdom Villas. Um, and I have just not had that experience at all. Every time I need to, I plan a vacation, I usually need to do it without too much notice. And we've always had good luck getting the resorts that we want. And like I said, I just booked Boardwalk Villas at seven weeks out during Food and Wine Festival, which is really one of the most popular times of year for DVC members to stay at the Boardwalk Villas. So I was really thrilled with that. And I think we tend to hear on the boards much more about things that don't happen or the things that didn't go the way we wanted to in terms of making reservations as opposed to all the things that do happen and how easy it can be. Um, on a similar vein, the same thing happened to me with my ADRs. I actually only made my ADRs for this trip um, in the last week or so, so at about two weeks out, I was making ADRs, and I got absolutely everything that I wanted without any problems whatsoever with only two weeks' notice. I could have even booked Cinderella's Royal Table if I wanted to, but I'm not really a huge fan of the blood clot pair, so I let that one go and, and decided to pass on that particular ADR, but it was indeed available. Um, of course, I got the standard cast member response. If I asked for a time of 6 o'clock for a seating, they said, geez, I'm sorry, I just can't get you in at 6 o'clock, but we do have 5.55 available. <laughs> so I just laughed and said, yep, that'd be great. And everything went well. And once again, I did get just about everything I wanted with very little advance notice. So it can happen. Absolutely, if you are traveling at the busiest times of years during the holidays, sure, you want to make those ADRs you know, as far out as you can just to be safe. But don't ever give up and don't think your trip is going to be ruined if you haven't made particular reservations and it's close to your trip time. It's always worth the call and you will probably be pleasantly surprised. I think that we tend to hear more about, oh gosh, I didn't get what I wanted and I, even though I called right at the 180 day mark and I didn't get what I wanted. I think we tend to hear those stories much more than all of the people who did get everything they want regardless of when they called. So my advice is the same as the teams. Just keep trying thanks a lot you guys have a great day well thank you uh thank you erica um she's gonna do oh, excuse she's me she's gonna do a follow-up to a follow-up thank <laughs> you thank you erica we really appreciate the voicemail but you know what because because you're such a good sport with us ribbon on you go ahead and pick a number um and just for those who are not familiar with what erica was talking about with audacity uh, some of our listeners to, uh, are uh, actually recording their voicemails at home and emailing them to us. It's a much better. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> oh, Max, what was that for? Um, uh, some of our listeners, will, just because it's a better sound quality than the voicemails, calling the toll-free number, will record uh, their voicemails directly from their, from their computers. And actually, Will has a tutorial up on the site. We have a link to that on our show notes page. Uh, if you want to do that, um, those are more likely to get played because the sound quality of them is better. And Audacity is one of the uh, tools, one of the software packages you can use to record uh, re record your uh, your voicemail. And you get a, to pick a number even though you called us tools. No, that we were tooling on her. Tooling on her. She wasn't calling us tools. <laughs> she was implying that we were calling her a tool. Um. <laughs> okay. But... Uh, 
Eric, no, it's a good sport. We appreciate you being a good sport, Eric. I really and truly. Just Wait till you some... hear the voicemail because we really did bust on her. Were you, were you brutal? Oh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you definitely deserve a, a prize. That's uh, These guys can be pretty brutal. They can be pretty tough. It's a pretty tough crowd. So, All right, who else has an email they'd like to read? Johnny. I have one from Brett. And Brett says, Hi, podcast team. I don't want to hear any heart music behind John's reading my email. <laughs> I had to. Like, Come on, Zamfir, read my email. Uh, I'll be going on. <laughs> Sorry. I'll be going on the four day Disney cruise on December 6th. This question is for John and Kevin. It's a wonderful they, date, by the way. Since they are cruising junkies, that's Pete's birthday. So did you not want that known? That's all right. You're going to be in Minnesota anyway. That's right. My dad has limited vision. He's blind in one eye and low vision in the other eye. He can see good enough to walk without a cane, but places that have low lighting become a challenge for him. How is the lighting on the ship? Do you know of any low lighting areas? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> also, do you think he'll be able to walk around the ship okay? Any help would be appreciated. Uh, Brett, there are some low light level, low level lighting areas on the ship that you should be aware of. Um, Depending on the ship, it's either uh, Beach Street, uh, it's either Route 66 or Beach Street. It's the um, entertainment disc district with the... Where the nightclubs where are. the nightclubs are. They can have some pretty low lighting uh, over there. Also going into the theaters, have him be very careful for that. Um, one of the things I do want to mention for him, though, is it's really important for him to watch his step getting on and off the ship. You're going to have a light difference. You're going to go from the low lighting of inside the ship to bright lights and bright sunny outside. So um, his eyes may need a little time adjusting. So you want to just, when, you, when you're with him, just have him be careful in a lot of these transitional areas on the ship. Everywhere else, I think, though, is bright. I know you said everywhere on the ship, but I think the restaurants are bright. The hallways are bright, especially up on deck, of course. But um, the, the animators theme, could be a little dark. I didn't find going in it. Going in to be dark oh, because yeah, the walls right. are yeah. white and the floor is white. Sitting down, they kind right. of change the, the lighting. It's usually those transitional areas. the The uh, big theater can be dark. Be really careful on those stairs. On the night when they have the pirate party up on deck, it is held at night, so the lighting will be lower. Just have him be careful with that, and just you know keep an eye on him. I'm sure he'll be fine and he'll have a good time, but. You know, you don't want anything to happen. So. I apologize. I don't mean to make judgments here, but if he's at all wobbly, you might want to consider having access to a wheelchair or something like yeah. that. We just took my mom on a cruise, as we talked about, and we ran into unexpectedly rough seas, which if someone had trouble, any trouble in walking or navigating, they might have had trouble with that. And it might be hard after the fact to find access to that wheelchair rather than planning for it in advance. So might be something to keep in mind. You'd, right. you'd know better than I would. You might even want to talk him into getting a cane just uh, to be preemptive. We went on a cruise. I forget what happened. Did you fall or something? And then you needed a, You brought a cane on one of our roads. Actually, I took one to, uh, our, on our Italy trip. I had hurt my ankle, and I brought one as a preemptive measure. I didn't use it, but... And they had a folding one that I stuck in my bag. I was just going to say, you can get the nice ones. They fold up to almost nothing. And, you know, he doesn't have to even know about it until you're on the ship. And, and then you can it. beat the locals when they try and sell you stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Hebraid, Hebraid. Cool. Well, thank you for that, John. Who else has a... I have one from Kim. She's KKWIS2 on the boards. Another um, Kim. Woohoo. We have a lot of Kim. Because we don't have too. enough of those. And she writes, I know that you can gain internet access in your hotel room by paying $10 per, the per day fee. I'm really looking forward to not having to bring my own computer at all. It's just one more thing that I have to drag on as a carry-on, and it's just not as important as the camera, video camera, DVD player, snacks, and things that keep the kids busy while traveling. Are there public computers available anywhere at the resort or staying at all-star movies or on property? Um, there's, no, there's no business area at All Stars uh, or any of the value resorts, the only places you can go really on property, the Boardwalk, Inn and Villas, Contemporary Resort, Coronado Springs, the Grand Floridian, Yacht Club, and the Swan and Dolphin. Those are the only ones. Mainly the convention hotels are the ones with the business centers, but I don't see a problem in you go and use theirs if you want to do that. 
but that's about it. Yeah. You really... I don't know. When, yeah, there's no other... That would be. That's the only place they would have them is in, the, in a business center. The only other option would be to drag on your own computer. Yeah. There used to be a place uh, in downtown Disney on the west side where you could access computers. It's where that new, it's uh, where 43rd Street is or used to be, and now it's Wetzel's Pretzels, and they used to be able to... Oh, I love Wetzel's Pretzels. <laughs> There's also a place off property in the Buena Vista factory outlets on State Road 535. There is an internet cafe and oh, that's coffee right. shop. Yeah, there is. And they have great coffee, but... It, it, they do have. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I don't have any details. I didn't know about this in advance. But I know you can yeah, sign on there. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's located in Lake Buena Vista factory stores, which I can't stand. But you have to get over there at the very least, and it's they're going to charge you per minute for the right. usage and things like that. And also another place that um, I think you can get internet access is at Disney Quest in downtown Disney. So if you're going to yeah be up in, up in the uh, food court area, yeah, they have some computers. But she's got to pay to get into Disney Quest now. Yeah. Well, but you can get those cheap in the official ticket center. They have those tickets for pretty good price, much less than uh, paying at the gate. The paying yeah. at the gate. So, all right, cool. Well, thank you very much for that, Corey. Uh, next up, we have Lisa from Vancouver, who has a question about uh, cruises for John and Kevin. This is right along the lines of what we were talking about in our last show with the price of these European cruises. And I hope Disney Cruise Line is listening. Because this is what an awful lot of your fans are uh, are thinking right now. So, here is Lisa. Hi, Diz Unplugged. This is Lisa from Vancouver, and I actually have a cruise question for Kevin or John. I um, was excited for the 2010 itineraries of Disney Cruise Line and was particularly looking forward to the Mediterranean cruises. However, once I've had a chance to look at the sail dates and itinerary and cost, I think it may be a bit too expensive for our family to take advantage of this. Anyway, we still would like to cruise the Mediterranean, and so I'm wondering um, if you could possibly give a recommendation of what cruise line you think might be comparable to Disney. I know your professional relationship with Dreams Unlimited Travel, and I know that they also book Celebrity and Royal Caribbean, so I would kind of like to focus on those two. Um, my kids will be 16 and 14, so the youth program wouldn't be as high a priority for us as it would have been a few years ago because they'll spend most of the time with us anyway while we're touring in the different ports. So if you could maybe tell me your thoughts on either of those two cruise lines and how you think it might compare. And I also wanted to know if um, Dreams Unlimited offers the um, onboard credits on those two cruise lines like they do with Disney Cruise Line. So any help would be appreciated. Got a couple years to plan it, but I want to get started on it now. Thanks, and have a great day. Um, Lisa, we've talked about Royal Caribbean quite a bit. We love Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. Um, it's a completely different experience than Disney Cruise Line. Uh, we find it much more adult-oriented because of the casino and because of uh, the other things that they offer. As far as your kids go, I think for that age, they're actually going to enjoy it. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so forgive me if I get this wrong. I just read the results of surveys of the different cruise lines. And while Disney Cruise Line gets the top ranking for the kids' programming, I believe Royal Caribbean got top ranking for teen programming. Mm. So um, all of these cruise lines offer something for everybody. They're going to have something for everybody to do. Royal Caribbean is much cheaper than Disney Cruise Line because of the number of ships they have and the yeah. number of staterooms they have available. And casinos on board. And the casinos on board. They're offered, They're able to offer much cheaper cruises. And you're going to be able to find some really good deals in the Mediterranean and some really exciting itineraries for Royal Caribbean. Highly recommend it. And again, Dreams Unlimited Travel does sell those. Just go through our website for those. According to Julie, you did a celebrity cruise. Yeah, I was just Before say. you switch to that subject. Also, Lisa, take into account that there's more than one type of ship usually sailing the Mediterranean. You have your choice of a ship in similar in size to the Disney Cruise Line ship. Uh, for instance, the Radiance of the Seas, I believe, does uh, 
European sailings. I apologize if that's not correct, but there's another ship in the Radiance class that does the the Caribbean. However, I'm sorry, the Mediterranean. However, there's also something in the Voyager class. I believe it's Voyager of the Seas, which is a much larger ship and will have the rock climbing wall and the interior wall and things like that. The so ice skating rink. Yeah. So if you're looking for a bigger ship experience, you have your choice. There's a couple of different classes of ship that cruise the Mediterranean. So that's also something to keep in mind. Yeah, well, we did a celebrity and it was very adult oriented. It was very formal. Yeah, celebrity um, is. Yeah. There, there weren't a lot of kids on the ship. There were teenagers, though. Yeah, there were teenagers, but you didn't see a lot of kids. Um, they, uh, it's a smoking ship. There's a casino, but you know that was a trip of a lifetime for us. But it's, it's very different from Disney. Very formal. celebrity skews to an older audience. Absolutely, a more affluent audience as well. Yeah. yeah. I would say try Royal Caribbean. You're going to do much better. Your kids are going to have a great time. I do want to address your question about onboard credits. Uh, at the moment, Dreams Unlimited Travel is not offering onboard credits for other cruise lines. Each cruise line has its own specific set of rules for travel agents for what they can and can't do. And as you know, uh, Disney Cruise Line a while back um, changed their rules for travel agents. They couldn't reduce the price of any cruise um, so you can't get one cheaper between travel agents or with booking with Disney directly. However, they do allow for an onboard credit. Royal Caribbean has some funky rules when it comes to onboard credits. So these are things we're trying to work around before we actually get in there and start offering that type of thing. We do believe, though, that for 2010 sailings, we should be able to offer something. And we should have something up on that within the next couple of weeks or so. But again, I would I'd highly recommend Royal Caribbean. We love it. Something, I, before we change the subject, something else to keep in mind. Most Mediterranean sailings are port intensive, meaning that you're going to be off the ship a lot of time during the day. So the activities that you would normally look for adults and teens that would occupy your daytimes uh, on the ship, you're probably not going to have a lot of time to partake in those unless you choose to not disembark so i would take that into account also i would see what things are offered late afternoon early evening so that would help you make your decision yeah when you go to some place when you go to the mediterranean or do these greek isle tours it's all about the ports of call yeah. so oh, right? yeah you're right absolutely and you're so exhausted when you get back to the ship it's you know eat and then go to bed pretty much well there you go lisa i uh i think that uh you know you can you'll, you'll be able to find some decent uh some decent deals on Royal Caribbean and uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, book that through dreams. Thank you very much for mentioning that. All right. Who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Jules. This is from Chris Young in Missouri. He writes, I didn't know how popular the Diz Unplugged and the entire Diz Board site were until I attended my 25th high school reunion a few weeks ago. I took my kids to the homecoming parade on that Friday afternoon and we stood in an area designated for our class. I wasn't wearing the black and gold school colors for good old Smith Cotton High School, just my Diz Unplugged t-shirt. There were about 285 students in our class, and nearly 100 attended the reunion. But there were only 20 of them at the homecoming parade. In the time I was there, not once, but twice, I was practically assaulted by someone from this small group. One was a former classmate, and the other was the wife of a classmate. Both said things like, is that the Diz Unplugged? One was a listener, and the other uses the boards quite frequently, but hadn't been a podcast listener. I steered them in the right direction and encouraged them to become one. I never expected to draw attention by wearing a disunplugged shirt on the county courthouse square that day, but I certainly did. Nice job, guys. I thought you might... I think you may have more reach than you realize. So I thought that was a really cute story. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> um, I won't give names or give any details uh, just out of confidentiality, but uh, I was in I was in rehab with a listener who knew that somebody who knew the show would listen to the show. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was... Is it was what made him drink? <laughs> Did you guys think, it's a small world? <laughs> no, I panicked at first. I'm like, oh, great. Just what I need. Please don't be in my small group. But, uh, no, it was, uh, was cool. They were very, very cool. So... Hi, if you're listening. I've started walking through the parks and talking in my flight attendant voice. Hi, this is Kevin. How are you? <laughs> Just so that people don't walk up to me and go, aren't you Kevin from the podcast screaming at people? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that is so. It's just so weird. You run into, you know, I know it's happened to me. I think it's happened to all of us. We we run into people. We hear about stories like this. It's really cool. It's very very cool. I'd rather not know what our reach is. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, I've said it before. I'll, I'll reiterate it. We really don't. Uh, we really don't track our listener base. I don't want to know. Um, uh, I, I have a, I have an idea of what it is, and I know it's pretty pretty solid. I know you know what the numbers that we see, just on the people that stream the show off the Diz. That 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 number I know, and that number is pretty impressive by itself. Well, when we're recording the show, the only listener base I have is the the five of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just I don't. Uh, those are numbers I really don't. I mean, there are things we could do to track it, but I just I've chosen not to. It's you know, um, I'm more concerned about. You know, in my mind, there's 20 people listening, and that is how I think we're able to keep it so intimate and keep it just kind of like a friendly thing. I think if we really knew how many people were truly listening, it might be a little, might be a little scary. When we were in Louisiana, um, my baby shower was held at the church I grew up at, and a friend of mine who was in the youth group when I was, Skip Carraway, he came up to me and we're telling him what we do and that we uh, are a member of the Dis Unplugged team, and he's like wait you know he's like i've listened to that show he's like you're not on it i said when's the last time you listened to it he listened when it had um nancy nancy, yeah, nancy and, gordon. and gordon oh and i told him i said oh you need to listen now i said Corey and i and i said and for other people you know we do the round table now so hopefully he has started listening because he does listen to other disney podcasts so i want to say hello to him and he, better, he better be listening <laughs> He said he was going to, All so right. hopefully he... And that's a small town we're talking yes. about. Yes, <laughs> you know, my town, no yeah. red light. <laughs> it's funny, when when I when I, I spend a lot of time on the boards, I frequent the boards a lot, and I email with people back and forth. So you beca- think everybody in your realm knows what you do and who you are, and it's great to go home or talk to some of your friends that you haven't talked to in a while, who have no clue, and don't care. That right. you're on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he didn't really, what you know, that? it was just weird because no one I know has, or, you know, haven't seen in a while that I know. It just was weird. Well, I've stopped calling it a podcast. Um, just in my conversations with people, there's no point because most people go, what's a podcast? I'm going to say, it's a web radio show. Oh, okay. So yeah. I just call it a web radio show now. Um, That's this, a whole lot more words. Yeah, but it, it, But <laughs> if you say podcast and they can say, what is that? That's you what I say, mean. It's like a radio show, except it's on the web. Right. So I figured by saying we have a web radio show, and you just, don't need an iPod to listen yeah, to Yeah, I don't have to go through the whole spiel. So, no, it's just easy to say it's a web radio show. I just don't talk to people. <laughs> so much easier. <laughs> what do you do? Hold on. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'm independently destitute. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anybody else have an email? Johnny. I have one I'd like to read. is from Joe in Westchester. What's the matter? This is my listening face. Oh, <laughs> it's awfully close to your, you're looking, you're talking like an idiot face. <laughs> the Mona Lisa face. That's my Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa face. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. This is from Joe in Westchester, Ohio. We've been to the world about 12 times. Stated values, moderates, but never deluxe. The Wilderness Lodge seems like a nice place to stay. We are food court people, in quotation marks. The Lodge looks like it has a small area to eat. Will we like this? Or or as it seems in all of the deluxes, they want you to eat in a sit-down meal. Uh, thanks for your time, and enjoy the podcast. And I enjoy the podcast. Um food court at the Wilderness Lodge is the Roaring Forks, and it's very typical of... Every, what's the matter? It's not plural. The Roaring Fork. That's not more than one? <laughs> Sorry. It just struck me as funny. All the forks are roaring. <laughs> the roaring utensils. Uh, and it's very much a typical food court of any resort uh, on property. There's nothing really special about it. We've eaten there several times. It's got good stuff. They got really good cornbread, I think, and things like that. Yeah, we I, I've eaten there a few times. I enjoyed it. And while it's not the, large, well, while the, uh, the 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 facility itself, where you get the food, isn't very large, they do have quite a few tables across the hall where you can sit and eat. So it's not uh, it's not like 
you know, you just you have to sit in that room where you right. order the food. The, the tables are actually outside, so you can sit outside by the pool oh, yeah, as well. Right. But there's also, uh, you know, right across from the the restaurant mm-hmm. is a whole seating area indoors where you can sit and eat. But you could also go outside and have it at the pool in that area. Right. I don't think you'll be disappointed in this. I think you'll have a good time. Um, they they do seem to encourage sit down meals at the at the deluxe resorts. I can see what you're saying. At this resort, though, your choices are uh, Artist Point, Artist Point, which is very expensive, or Whispering Canyon Cafe, which is swell, which is very loud. So, oh, yeah, that's what I meant, loud. <laughs> or bar appetizers. Yeah, and those wings, those wings at the uh, bar outside the uh, Artist Point are just like kill yourself good. I mean, they're delicious. No more bars for you, Mister Warner. Yeah, all right. I can send somebody in to get the wings, though. <laughs> So I think you're going to enjoy that uh, food court, Joe. Have a good time. Cool. Thank you, John. Thank you, Joe, for the email. All right. And last but certainly not least, we have a voicemail from Missy in Indiana who uh, wanted to tell us about the college program uh, recruitment going on at her college. And here's Missy. Hey podcast crew, it's Missy from Indiana. Last time I wrote into the podcast, I had a question for my research paper. This time, I am also working on a homework assignment. For a class, we have to make a mini podcast about anything we want, and I thought to myself, why not work and play at the same time? So I decided to do a review on the college program meeting I attended. I know Corey did a little something on the college program a while back, but I thought you might want my two cents about the call-out meeting. To start off, the meeting was pretty well advertised, with flyers and yard signs all around campus. The flyer was a little brochure barely describing what the Disney College program is. On the back, they had stamped the date, time, and location of the call-out meetings. On my campus, there were two different meetings, both held at 5 p.m. And the flyer had asked that prior to attending the meeting, we go online and and print out an application as well as a roll checklist, which gave some of the duties of the different jobs you could have as a college intern. These include on-stage roles, such as running the attractions, selling the merchandise, driving a bus or monorail, and being a vacation planner. For the backstage roles, they only had three, costuming and two different jobs working in the kitchens. I was kind of surprised at the variety of choices there were. I got to the meeting about 10 minutes early, and they were playing a video showing different things guests can do in the parks. The movie talked about how dreams were fulfilled by Disney. The dream of flying, you have soaring, the dream of being an astronaut mission mission space, and the dream of traveling the world, the world showcase. Once the meeting started, the recruiter came on and introduced herself, as well as a few students that attended my school or schools close by that had taken part in the college program. I go to school in Indianapolis, so there are many campuses within the city. There are about five students at the meeting. Only one was from my campus. The rep played a video showing the different places of Disney, like ABC and ESPN. Then, uh, then another video about different executives and managers that started working in the theme parks, just to show us that if we stayed with, the, with Disney, we could go on and achieve great things with the company. The meeting centers around three things, living, learning, and earning. When we first talked about living. The rep talked about how the apartments were fully furnished, one to four bedrooms, which would be one to seven roommates. The apartment right includes utilities, TV, internet, and transportation. For Walt Disney World, she said that the rent for the apartments ranged from $80 to $105 a week, and that rent was automatically deducted from your paycheck. She said that Walt Disney provides transportation to work in other other areas, like the mall and grocery, that most interns bring their own car. Disney World is different than Disneyland because Disney World has its own internal bus system for the interns, while in California, you just get a city bus pass. In learning, she told us about the different collegiate courses that we could take through Disney. There's the Disney Exploration Series, which explores the behind the scenes of the Disney company. The Disney Professional Development Series, which focuses on whatever your major is, like engineering, criminal justice, or finance, and how you can use it within the Disney company. There's also the Disney Learning Center, which sounded to me just like a computer lab that students could use. These classes are free of charge, however, you must pay for textbook and material cost. The most important part, earning. Interns get paid between $7.21 and $11.15 an hour. Overtime, of course, is time and a half. They require you to have full availability, so you can't take off a week to go visit your family or anything. She 
She said that they do try to give you off two days in a row, even if it is a Tuesday and Wednesday, so that everyone gets at least a fake weekend. The interns work between 30 and 45 hours a week, and they cap you at 45 hours. The interesting tidbit I found out here is that all executives have to clock a certain number of in-the-park working hours each year, which means that the guy working at the popcorn stand could be the head of one of the resorts. I thought that was pretty cool. She wrapped up by telling us about the perks of being an intern. You can get free theme park admission and you can bring three guests into the park for free six different times. Friends and family get 40% off resorts and the intern gets 65% off. There are different cast member activities and events you can attend like movie and ride screenings, as well as specific events just lined up for the Disney College program. You can be a volunteer like Mickey Ears at different events hosted by the Disney company. You had to choose to either apply to land or world. You could not apply to both. You pretty much work for six months of the year, but you could extend your stay if you wanted and work for eight months. Overall, I think the meeting ran pretty smooth. The woman kept talking about her need for pixie dust over and over, and I understand one time making a cute Disney reference, but there's a fine line between being cute and being annoying. There were probably 25 people at the meeting, mostly girls, and the majority of which were applying to work at Disneyland which I could not understand, especially if you think about the free theme park admission, you get so much more bang for your buck working at the world. That's it for my review of the call-out meeting. I hope that helped update some information for everyone. Will, your tutorial helped me figure out the Audacity program and complete my assignment with low stress. Well, thank you, uh, Missy, but uh, you did not include your uh, contact information for us, so if you could please email Email us at podcast at www.info.com um, and also pick a number because that was a great review you gave us yeah. um, and good timely information for anybody thinking about doing the college program. And uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I think Missy needs pixie dust. <laughs> She's annoyed at the pixie dust from this meeting. Wait, I know, that's why I said it. <laughs> oh, man. It also sounded like she was like right outside the racetrack in Indianapolis because I heard like car noises in the background. Maybe her roommate was back in it. I was going to say, I like the way they, they told her about her great accommodations that she was going to stay in. You could have between one and seven roommates. Yeah. I don't know seven people I like. I don't know anybody that calls Vista Way great accommodations. Ugh. Don't get me started. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so. Then she talked about um, executives being in the parks. Um, there's something that all Disney managers have to do it's called a cross U or cross utilization so once or twice a year definitely you see managers go in the parks I told you about mine I had a wait yeah. tables at the ABC actually not even wait tables I had a clean tables at the ABC commissary <laughs> how'd you like John to be your waiter <laughs> <laughs> yeah really I was very nice yeah I had my suit on and then they yeah then he like, came home <laughs> <laughs> get your own crap <laughs> And my suit on, and then they give you one of them like aprons to wear over it. And at the time, it was because um, that's a look. Yeah, they were pushing their shows, the, the new shows that were going to be on their schedule. So they played the same loop over and over and over again, and you just wanted to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> After twenty minutes, I went to somebody. How do you stand this? You just kind of block it out. Oh, no, you don't. There's been questions repeatedly about all of us who have worked at Disney, and at the round table right now, I believe there's only three who worked for Disney. Right? Didn't I did. Yeah, Julie yeah. did. And John. Yeah. Oh, I thought you That's did. There. No, I never worked for Disney. Hmm. I went to a training seminar. <laughs> and they had an interactive movie. It was Jason, the guy from Seinfeld. Oh, Alexander. Jason, Jason Alexander. Alexander. And Jason Alexander was on the film, and he would ask questions. And we were sitting in the audience, and you were supposed to answer the wall. And I thought, I'm not going to be good at this. That's <laughs> 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 not... Kevin had no pixie dust. I didn't. I had my pixie dust vacuumed off. <laughs> well, with that, uh, thank you very much, Missy. Thanks, everybody who wrote in. And again, emails can be sent to podcast at www.info.com. And uh, phone calls or voicemails, toll free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 1-877-310-9662. That is going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next Tuesday or next Wednesday, excuse me, with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everyone.